Hey, Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Welcome to Bet the Edge. I'm Jay Croucher here with Drew Dinsick. We're recording during Sunday Night Football. Sam Laporta looking stunningly healthy. Uh, just scored a touchdown in the second quarter, so we won't be able to talk about the outcome of that game as we do not know what it is. But we will talk about the results of the games we do know. We'll talk Packers 49ers and that opening line at nine and a half. And then we'll talk Steelers Bills. And Eagles, Bucks, the two Monday games. Mm-hmm. But Drew, how are you? How was your weekend? How did you enjoy the games? Oh man, the first three games that are in the books and the ones that we can comment on, they were all just full heart, full heart. Loved, loved, loved everything we had so far. Although I will say, and you, you know, right on the heels of your Sam Laporta comment, um, a special thanks to thanks for nothing to the news and information people this week on the injuries front and like just in general, like telling us about what was going on with discussions behind the scenes about the bills playing on this, like this morning, like there was a lot of people just not doing their job this week and, you know, just gushing over coaching changes that are immaterial for the playoffs. So uh, that was somewhat frustrating. That said, uh, the results of yesterday's games uh, were huge. I'm sorry that your Dolphins play didn't get home, but uh, I feel like feel like uh, you, you know you now you know don't bet on a team wearing teal in January Jay um, no, but to, to uh, be fair yeah. Drew they only they, to be, the bet did lose but to be fair they should have lost by a lot more they didn't that's deserve a great point, point Kansas City. that's a great point great point by you um, second half under I played pretty aggressively and that was a lovely uh, lovely uh, way to pad the night last night um, the I guess the story of the weekend really is just that CJ Stroud is here like he's arrived. Uh, Jordan Love, by the way. Also, he is here. He has arrived. Like the fact that we have young quarterbacks who have stepped into the crucible of playoff pressure and absolutely delivered is awesome. It is awesome. And uh, I think there is probably going to be a potential for a little overreaction this week, maybe with the, you know, people being a little excited about how well these young quarterbacks are performing uh, as it is probable that CJ Stroud heads to Baltimore and it's, certain that Jordan Love has to San Francisco and they, you know, will have to play teams that had true blue buys. Um, but just the fact that they can comport themselves as effective quarterbacks in a playoff environment is a huge breath of fresh air. Um, and, uh, you know, honestly, the the fact that Bobby Slowick <laughs> learned from <laughs> the final week 18 game and was like, you know what? Let's be a little more aggressive. Oh, this is really effective. Uh, like, yeah. No, no kidding, Bobby. Uh, 
we, we were all screaming about this in game as you were, uh, you know, close to fumbling that game against the Colts. So, you know, it's, it was a, it was a wild one. Um, a lot of people kind of were, I thought a little unfair to Flacco who was very competent in that game and very competent in his whole, uh, you know, stretch as a uh, Browns quarterback, but, you know, single elimination uh, and one, you know, one quarter of a couple of uh, fluky interceptions that results in points for the other team. Uh, and the next thing you know, you're back on the, uh, you know, back on the trash pile. But, um, you know, yesterday's games were fun. I thought Mahomes was uh, was perfectly fine. I thought the Chiefs defense was probably the story more so than anything that uh, the Dolphins failed to bring to that game. Uh, and, uh, yeah, surely uh, we have a really, really interesting second round of these playoffs shaping up. But, uh, yeah, we need to uh, we need to know more information before we can really handicap this, right? Yeah. Well, firstly, on Joe Flacco, I won't stand for any defense of Joe Flacco after uh, I've had to for five weeks have uh, Flacco come back player of the year shoveled down my throat. So uh, there was a bit of schadenfreude yesterday as Flacco finally revealed himself, which he had revealed it all along. He'd been doing this yeah. all season long. He had... He was magnificent uh, to open the game, and then he threw the picks, and that's what he's been doing all season. He's really high variance, and he ends the year as PFF's 22nd quarterback uh, out of 42 ranked QBs, and that's exactly what he was the whole time. He got on a hot streak and achieved uh, averageness, even though there was nothing about his individual plays that were average. It was either 100th percentile or 0th percentile, but... Mm -hmm. That was, I mean, yeah, I, I was waiting for that and it finally arrived. To me, the two the two biggest things I'll take away from the weekend were what happened to Cleveland and Dallas's defenses. Sure. Where Cleveland, I think uh, it always stuck with me how easily Trevor Simeon marched the ball down the field on that first drive. Great on call. Football, right? Where they, they just like, there was no opposition whatsoever. It's like, what? Isn't this supposed to be a historically great pass defense? And Trevor Simeon's just doing whatever he wants with no offensive line uh, and one receiver. Uh, and I think that what probably happened with Cleveland's defense is that they just reached the point of no return with their injuries. It's just we didn't realize it because the teams they were playing down the stretch were a completely broken Jags unit with Trevor Lawrence super banged up. Uh, the Bears, who can hit and miss on offense, uh, as they showed, uh, putting up nine points against the Packers in Week 18. And then they played Case Keenum and Trevor Simeon. And then they sat there, guys. So I don't think we ever really got the true reveal of the Cleveland defense until Saturday against Houston where Stroud was magnificent uh, and completely lit them up. And then this Cowboys defense, I can't remember a team ever in any sport that has such a stark differential between how they play against good teams and how they play against bad teams. Great I, guess, I guess in a way that makes, a sense, makes sense for their defense because we've talked about it all year. The defense is... It's basically if Parsons and Lawrence don't get home, it's extremely vulnerable. And if they do get home, then it's incredible because they're incredible uh, and they have these pick merchants on the outside like the Ron Bland who feast on it. But if they're not getting quick pressure and they weren't getting quick pressure against Jordan Love today and even when they were, he was so good that it didn't matter, then they were super exposed. I mean, this Dallas team, they lost by 32 points to San Francisco. They lost by 21 points against Buffalo. They were losing this game by like 30 at one point. Uh, and outside of that, they just beat everyone else like 35 to 7. Uh, yeah. And 
I can't remember a team like this. Uh, well, I mean, God, man, how many how many weeks ago is it? We kind of characterized them. They're front running bullies. <laughs> yeah, they can take they they can't take a punch. Uh, they can't uh, you know kind of get back up uh, after you know somebody really gives it to them. I mean the the Buffalo game I think was probably in hindsight like the reason that I was fairly confident that the Packers were alive in this one because it was like you know hey if uh, even at home like. These guys are down a little bit. Are, are they going to be able to get off the mat? We'll see. Um, you know, they they scored plenty of garbage time points, I guess, and that's going to be your highest, uh, you know, total game of the week. Um, but uh, yeah, we was a uh, it was a very very um, <clears throat> disappointing effort from the Cowboys, and I think it kind of illustrates just sort of you know that's who they were. Uh, and actually, like if we really want to break it down, like I think it's <sighs> weird competing thoughts here. So bear with me. Unpack them. The Green Bay Packers are freaking live against the Niners. They are. Like the Green Bay Packers offense is it's they're cooking, man. Matt LaFleur knew what was gonna, what was asked of him today. And he came to the to be he he showed up for the test with the answers and he freaking delivered. And it was awesome to see it play out. He had a healthy lead against uh, you know a team that is capable of explosive plays, and he never took his foot off the gas. And it was very, very refreshing because so many coaches literally let a team back in. And the Cowboys, like, if they hadn't kept their foot on the gas, the Cowboys were coming back, man. Like, as you can see, like, 32 points wasn't going to get enough, wasn't going to be enough. Like, that, that they needed to continue to score. Um, so it was very refreshing to see that. And... <clears throat> I just think they're coming to the into their own as a young group and they have amazing pass protection. So it's not crazy that they're going to be able to score points on this Niners team. And if they're playing with a positive game state, who knows? Uh, the Packers defense was maybe the surprise of that game, which is just to say that Joe Barry in company are very untrustworthy and like the Niners might ultimately just knife them to death every which way because you can you know they're they are schemable against and for whatever reason McCarthy didn't have the answers today um but uh you know in in so in part I'm like man this Packers team like I, I you don't want to play them right now like their their offense is capable of scoring 48 as they just did and they could have scored more if they had really had to they could have been worse um but uh you know the other side of the coin is well now Dallas is out so that should be a good thing for San Francisco, who is relatively full strength here and, uh, you know, does have this week of rest to prepare. So, um, I mean, like, technically, we are looking at Niners probably walking it in in the NFC, probably. Um, but in the back of my head, I feel like, you, you, like, you remember, um, what was it, three years ago, two years ago, two years ago? The Green Bay Packers were in this exact position where they were at home this week. They had a week of rest and uh, the Niners take care of business in Dallas and then came to Green Bay. I will never forget. I was very sure in that game, like Niners are drawn dead. My Malafleur was sure in that game because he came out of halftime after having a miserable first half offensive performance and said, "Yeah, we don't need any adjustments." Uh, and so, like ultimately, like that loss was was really kind of uh, well, you got to stand up and take notice. Like 
there there is something to be said about uh, you know a wild card team that's playing with confidence and playing with house money, and that's where the Packers are right now. Uh, and it would be amazing if this is sort of a little bit of a you know universal karmic uh, answer if they go into San Francisco and knock out a Niners team that's significantly better than them, um, but just maybe hasn't you know we we haven't seen the Niners play very well in a while, Jay. <laughs> like yeah. well, it's been a while. Yeah, here's my problem with the Packers uh, and a couple of things. One, in the past five weeks or five games coming into this game, yes, they beat, they blew out the Vikings with Jaron Hall just not being ready for the moment. And then they beat the Bears, who had effectively nothing to play for in week 18. Like, I haven't forgotten about the three weeks before that. Where they lost to Tommy Cutlets, they lost yes. they lost to Tommy Cutlets in prime time in a game they really <laughs> needed to win. They got blown out at home by a Bucks team that really isn't that good, and Baker oh, Mayfield had a perfect passer yes. rating. And yes. then you know what they did the next week? The next week they gave up thirty to Carolina, and Carolina did. didn't score for the rest of the season. There were two more games. <laughs> Carolina did not score for the rest of the season after that Packers game. And yes, they got out yeah. at 33-30. I just think this, I believe in the Green Bay offense and I believe in, in Jordan okay. Love and the O-line. I think this defense is is terrible. Uh, and I think that Dak, uh, our friend uh, on Twitter, NFL Pinnacle Beater, he had a great tweet where he was effectively, <laughs> he effectively said, if we're going to study the idea of choking as a real phenomena, it has to start with Dak Prescott. because. It's insane at this point. I don't know what he was saying. He's going to throw multiple more picks today. You don't start with Dak Prescott. You start with Peyton Manning. Well, Peyton Manning was the was a generational talent, and like like specifically, like what was it forty one nothing loss to the Jets? People don't yeah. remember this sort of stuff, but like you go far enough back in the Peyton Manning playoff catalog, there are some greatest hits that are real wild, um, real 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 lows, and like the, you know, the playoff crucible treats different quarterbacks differently, and it does not treat Dak Prescott well. Um, some of that, I'm sure, is the fact that he is in. Uh, you know, Dallas, this is like, this is mega, you know, uh, it's, it's a, pre- it's a pressure that doesn't exist for any other quarterback. Uh, people will say that this week, probably making excuses for him, but, um, you know, the, the fact that he couldn't get it going against the Green Bay defense was amazing. And honestly, Green Bay capitalized on <clears throat> two interceptions that really swung the game. But what, like you were watching, like, Five. There was like five truly interceptable passes that Dak Prescott threw in this one that were like he's he's not he's not making those passes in the regular season week thirteen. He's just he's not <laughs> like it was something about the spot and the pressure of the moment that really you know got to him to p- perform that poorly. I thought, um, and same with Mike McCarthy. Like you know, like he's he's not a guy that is necessarily going to bring you your A game when it's like the you know the the. Um, you know, the pressure is, you know, absolutely on the line. <clears throat> Mike McCarthy had an NFC championship game one in Seattle and managed to bottle it with, uh, <laughs> with uh, uh, wild special teams and, sec- and two-point conversion defense. Uh, so, you know, we've seen crazier losses from McCarthy since at this point. But, um, no, I think ultimately the, um, you know, the, the, the pressure of the playoffs is, it's, you know, everybody responds differently. Dak does not respond well. You, you can do whatever you want with that information. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's different. With Peyton, it's funny too because Peyton kind of gets a pass because he did it in 2006 where he came back from 21-3 down against the Pats and he beat Brady in the AFC title game and then he beat sure. Rex Grossman in the Super Bowl. That New England team, their number one wide receiver was like Rache Caldwell. 
Uh, sure. And I think the number two might have been like a 35-year-old Troy Brown. Like the team had yeah. nothing. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that they were down 21-3 in the first place wasn't ideal. But yeah. uh, then he fixes okay. his legacy and then throws a big six uh, in the Super Bowl against New Orleans. A couple okay. Let's, but, let's pivot back to look forward. And I got to ask you a key question because you're a Niners guy. I know. I know you feel it, that this is a year for them. All right. Okay. Um, sure. okay. So kind of synthesizing all this, right? If the Packers lose and the Cowboys move on and host the, you know, the matchup presumably between the two, three, right? I mean, we don't know how this game between the Rams and Lions are going to end, but the Rams offense is doing whatever they want to this point in the contest. So uh, tough for me to see how the Rams defense adjusts, but we'll see. Let's just assume, though, that uh, like if you are the Niners, who do you want? Do you want a team with a fatal flaw like the Packers defense? even though that comes with a team that has an offense that has a ceiling that might be good enough to put you in harm's way? Or would you rather have the winner of the 4-5, which is a team that maybe doesn't belong in the playoffs that limps into San Francisco, right? Like, this was kind of a bad outcome for the Niners, wasn't it? Uh, I don't know. I think Dallas was still probably the best team, and I'm not sure Dak plays that way every time. I mean, I think they were the second best team, and now the conference is... It looks it looks much less imposing. You know, if the Rams win this game, um, then the the NFC there is a chance the, the NFC will go the through NFC's Baker Mayfield. Yeah. The NFC will go through Baker Mayfield. That's, yeah, that's true. Uh, they could have that's three possible. home games, um, it's possible. which is which is uh, pretty. Yeah, we insane. could have a six seed host the NFC Championship game. It's not crazy. It yeah. is not crazy. Yep, shades of uh, what was it, Arizona? Uh, the year that they made it and they played Philly, and that was like a five-six back in like oh eight or oh nine, whether oh. whenever the San Antonio Holmes catch was in the Super Bowl. Uh, on let's jump into Packers Niners, where I agree it's it's a little bit scary for San Francisco, just because I think it's it's a match of two extremely high variance quarterbacks in Brock Purdy and Jordan Love and when you're a one seed going up against a seven seed and you're a nine and a half now training towards a 10 point favorite you probably don't want that type of variance you probably want uh, something a little bit more predictable at the same time though I suspect this probably will get to 10 just because of the Green Bay defense uh, and of what Green Bay have served up in the past five weeks notwithstanding that they were magnificent today I think I don't know what happened to the Dallas defense. I mean, Green Bay didn't. I don't think they punted in the meaningful portion of the game. They just Dallas just which just, just weren't there on the field. Uh, but it sounds like you're leaning Green Bay at this point. Well, at the current price, yes. <laughs> I think this should be seven, and I think this should be seven flat. Honestly, so if you're going to give me over seven and a half, I'm in on Green Bay. I think uh, the ceiling of their offense is enough for me to get involved, even though you know for every reason uh, we've kind of correctly characterized San Francisco as a very, 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 you know, worthy one seed and tough out. Um, I had a weird thought about the MVP race. That's uh, a little bit, obviously it's of no impact because the votes are in number one and we know Purdy is not winning, but like, isn't it kind of better if your quarterback's just going to have his stinkers and he just kind of clusters it. Right. Like if you're going to have like a bad game in the regular season, isn't it, you might as well just get it all done in one game. And if it's against, uh, you know, if it happens to be against the the Bengals or the Ravens and they're out of conference, then that's kind of good. <laughs> like it's, it's weirdly incongruous that his bad game on Christmas that was so highly profiled and, you know, came at the hands of the Ravens was <clears throat> enough to cost him the award. But 
you know, the, the fact of the matter is he still ends uh, the season in terms of uh, all quarterbacks this year as the most productive in total EPA, uh, you know, historic levels in terms of EPA per game. Uh, and yeah, now he gets to go up against, uh, you know, a Joe Barry defense that's going to be potentially without J.R. Alexander. I didn't see him come back into the game. I'm guessing that that wasn't precautionary, but just he really can't, couldn't play. Uh, he went down, obviously, with, uh, uh, you know, a little bit of extreme prejudice, I would say. So uh, somewhat, uh, somewhat consequential potential injury there. Um, and yeah, I think uh, this total is is probably a, a hair low as well, uh, considering you have a Niners offense that I think is going to be able to call their number. And really the game, the cover and, uh, you know, the outcome comes down to what does Green Bay do in terms of answer? Uh, and for, you know, for what it's worth, I think uh, we're going to see a pretty... Uh, Competitive effort from the pack. Yeah, I think with Purdy, um, there's been some interesting narratives about that game against Baltimore where, I mean, his own coach gave him a pass for three of the interceptions. Like, he was terrible in that game. I know three of the interceptions sure. were tipped. He could have thrown no three others that weren't tipped. Uh, no and the, the first interception, which was entirely on him to Kyle Hamilton, that was atrocious and changed the whole complexion of the game. So... I mean, it's a little bit concerning that Purdy uh, in his last big game, which, by the way, for him was two games ago, that he looked like Dak Prescott did against Green Bay. Yeah. Uh, and also another kind of interesting wrinkle is that Greg Olson on the broadcast, who uh, I thought was fantastic, he he was kind of giving Dak a bit more of a pass than you would expect, saying, like, who these guys aren't open. Like, no one's open at the moment. Yeah. What's he supposed to do? First read isn't open, second read isn't open. So... Maybe there is something to this Green Bay defense that hasn't surfaced all season, but now uh, miraculously has. I think Jair Alexander, I don't think it was that bad, just the mechanic of the injury. I know it was already injured, but I mean, he was walking around, so it didn't okay. look like he wasn't carted off or anything, but that'll be a big element of that of that game. Okay. okay. Before we get to Steelers-Bills, another chapter in one of the most storied rivalries in college basketball will be written Tuesday night. Purdue takes on Indiana. In Who's Your Territory, you can only see it on Peacock. Find out if the Boilermakers can boost their chances at reclaiming the number one spot in the country live at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that the U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut. If you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. Hey, Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Yeah. Who who is trying to reopen uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year voting. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Dan Campbell punted, which he should have because it was fourth and ten, but always kind of well, uh, fourth and ten, makes ten, you ten. feel like something's wrong in the world when you see Detroit punting the ball. Uh, mm -hmm. Anyway, I think we might see some punting in this next game. Uh, Steelers-Bills, 
The uh, the line is Bills minus ten. The total uh, originally feels like a lifetime ago. What opened at I think forty three and a half, and then got down all the way to uh, <laughs> mid to low thirties. Now it's back up to thirty eight and a half with the rescheduled yeah. game. Yeah. Uh, do you think there's any angle into this one? Yeah, sad we didn't get to play the snowver today, um, but uh, that's okay. Um, I, I look, man, the conditions in Buffalo were were and are um, like massively problematic <laughs> i don't know how you get eighty thousand people to and from a stadium in that sort of condition so dome or open stadium and you know the whole comments we're weird uh internet commentary about the toughness of the play like it's all of it was like this is extremely stupid this is public safety like we're within a year of a similar storm hitting buffalo and 47 people died in traffic accidents like what 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 are we uh really you know what's what's the real priority here i need to be entertained on a sunday morning okay um but uh no so i think it was good decision by the league and the city and the state to to push this to monday um and uh, a hilarious subplot the uh NFL stole uh, Christmas from the NBA by putting uh, by putting Niners Ravens on Christmas Day, uh, and now they have stolen MLK Day from the NBA by putting a double header on Monday. Um, which, uh, yeah, uh, it's going to be fun watching football tomorrow. In addition to the incredible slate of NBA games, but um, yeah, this uh, this this number is too big. Still, I think. Steelers are a bet, even with the uh, you know kind of less likelihood that they're going to be playing in a blizzard. Uh, the matchup advantage that exists for the Steelers' running offense is still real, uh, and I think uh, if anything, um, you know what we saw against the uh, uh, the Bengals last year in the playoffs for the Bills is still very much in the back of my head. Which is if the footing's not great out there, if it's as, you know if this is slick conditions because uh, you know you have had feet of snow and or it's still snowing and or it's just cold and icy. Um, you know, if you can be the more physical team and win in the trenches, then you have a realistic chance to win this game. Uh, and that's, I think, the Steelers' avenue to uh, pulling off the impossible. So <clears throat> don't know if it's ultimately realistic that they can win, but uh, I definitely think 10 points is too much. And, uh, you know, hopefully we do see a little bit more, uh, you know, kind of opportunity for the quarterbacks to flex if this is a less windy game. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not really... Uh, interested or, or willing to get off of my Steelers position on this one. Where are you at? Yeah, I think one interesting thing with the Steelers is that when they were at their low point, which is probably that Colts game, um, that Island game on the Saturday where Gardner Minshew with no Michael Pittman just completely lit them up and then Trubisky yeah. couldn't do anything on the other side. The thing in that game and for a little stretch is that they didn't have any safeties for a while. And yeah. now all of a sudden, right. Fitzpatrick is going to play, uh, which is significant because he's one of the yep. best safeties in the league. Patrick Peterson has been converted to safety, which was probably – it was out of necessity because they had no one left. But that's probably a good thing as he was, probably should have been headed in that direction anyway, given that I don't think he was really – uh, able physically and where he's at in his career now to play as a you know a boundary corner and be lining up against Stefan Diggs. So uh, that will definitely help. Obviously, that doesn't necessarily offset the loss of TJ Watt. So, and the other thing too is that the Steelers, since they've gotten Cam Haywood back, they are a really good run defense. So as someone who is uh, more heavily invested in Buffalo to go all the way than any other team, 
I am just kind of picturing what Mike McCarthy did uh, today in just running on second and 10, establishing the run, establishing the run to no ends, uh, and then only letting Josh off the chain when uh, past the optimal point. So I think the 10 is a little bit much. I think that the fact that conditions are going to be better has to favor Buffalo, given that uh, bad conditions, I mean, really across all sports, it generally just neutralize the better team's advantage for the most part. Uh, so I agree. I think that Steelers cover plus 10, but I think that Buffalo shouldn't ultimately have too much trouble actually winning the game and moving on. Hey, Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at Fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Jake from State Farm here, hanging out with Mel's Mow and Grow. Mel chose State Farm for small business insurance because his local agent is a small business owner too. So she knew how to help him personalize his policies. And now he's rolling in the green. Like a, like a good neighbor. Guys, I'm trying to do the line. Oh, sorry, Jake. It's all good. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today. All right, let's go straight into Eagles Bucks, the second game uh, on tap. Eagles minus three, total 43 flat. AJ Brown is out. Devontae Smith and Jalen Hurts, they will play. Baker Mayfield, listed questionable, but he's going to go uh, almost certainly. What's your read on this one? Uh, so I have Tampa money line. I don't understand why the market is still determined to bet Philly here. AJ Brown matters a lot. He matters a lot. And this Philly defense, the, you know, congratulations, Slay may play, uh, but this is still a broken defense that is coordinated by Matt Patricia. Um, I don't understand it. Uh, Tampa has extra rest here to get Baker Mayfield right. I'm hopeful that he is uh, capable of running this offense effectively. And um, yeah, total down to 43, I agree with. But uh, the fact that this is, you can still get threes is insane to me uh, i think tampa bay wins and i think uh i think philly has a lot of questions to answer this offseason yeah my concern with the tampa optimism uh is that unfortunately i've watched tampa bay play the past two weeks uh and they have not played well at all and it's not just the fact that baker was you know he's injured and hobbling around against carolina and they couldn't do anything deep uh, and they played really conservatively because they had bryce young on the other side and they were managing a lead uh, and it was a game they had to win but what's more concerning to me is what happened in the first three quarters of the saints game where i mean that game was to clinch the nfc south uh and they just they couldn't do anything uh and it was kind of a disaster so i'm a little bit worried about that the form that they're taking into this a little worried as well about baker who was frankly awful. I mean, he was kind of semi-heroic and gutted it out against Carolina, but he couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure between the ribs, which took some massive hits against the Panthers as well, uh, and his ankle uh, where he's hobbling around. I'm not sure what state that is going to get him in. I also wonder with the Eagles whether they just kind of let go of the rope a little bit, uh, where it was just so deflating 
um, the stretch they were in, and then the Giants game, I think it's just a write-off. Like, I wouldn't read too much into the Giants game. I would read into the Cardinals game, which was a complete mess, but I still think their offense will be good enough to score on a Tampa defense that is not very good, frankly, uh, and has really struggled against the pass in particular. But A.J. Brown out is huge, so I think three is the, uh, at three flat. I would lean Tampa still just because of this Eagles defense, but uh, I'm not super enthusiastic. I don't think I'm as enthusiastic as most are um, about the Bucks in this one, just having mm-hmm. seen them play, which has been a yeah. Jay, do you remember where you were on November 20th? Because that's the last game the Eagles covered. Um, <laughs> it's been a long time uh, since this team performed well. And uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe it happens. But, you know, they have the pedigree of going to the Super Bowl last year. So I, I don't doubt them being able to find that level again. But uh, I certainly think that the market should be a closer to a pick And the fact that you can still get points on a better you know, potentially the healthier team, potentially the team that is more functional, the team that we've seen play better in the month of December. <laughs> like, it's, there's a lot of reasons I think that Tampa could be, uh, uh, you know, could be the effective, uh, more effective offense and the uh, the better defense here. So um, we'll see. Uh, the fact, honestly, the fact that AJ Brown is out, out is like, that's all I needed. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, and I think this is the type of game where, uh, it would, you'd really benefit from just seeing the first two plays and what Baker Mayfield looks like. Because if he's unleashing deep balls in stride straight away, then 231.5 is too low for a passing prop uh, against this <laughs> Eagles defense. Anyway, good luck to Agreed. you. Agreed. Agreed. All right, we are done. Don't forget to check out NBCSports.com for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks to those watching on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. If you're listening to us in podcast form, don't forget to rate and subscribe. And also a reminder to find all your favorite NBC Sports shows on Amazon Music. Just head to amazon.com slash NBC Sports. From Jay Croucher and Drew Dinsick, we'll see you tomorrow. Escape to Ocean City, Maryland, and discover a place that just feels lighter, where every day feels like Saturday and French fries are a food group, where flip-flops are always in fashion and seafood is always in season, where the boardwalk is bustling and the beach is right outside your door, where you can rise with the tide and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com. Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC.